Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water. For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders of Rep Your Water, a design-driven apparel company dedicated to providing high-quality gear for anglers everywhere. My current favorite piece in the line is our retro camo merino blend sun hoodie. It breathes incredibly well, blocks the sun on hot days, and is also a perfect base layer. And you drew the camo pattern yourself, which makes it even more unique. Ah, that's right. <laughs> I'm always going to pick our merino socks as my favorite. We have a nice variety of options for styles, and they are excellent for all seasons. Check out the full collection at www.repyourwater.com. I'm Garrison Doctor. And I'm Corinne Doctor. And this is Fishing Stories. And we are more than excited to be joined by the one and only Russ Miller. Yeah, pretty excited about this one, honestly. No pressure, Russ, but I'm pretty excited about it. I'm just happy to be here, sitting in your guys' home. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. And we are here in person, which doesn't happen all the time for these podcasts. So we're very excited. Yeah. And was sort of the original vision of the podcast was like, you know, the around the campfire vibe. So very exciting. She could call us across the table from the doctors. Yeah. yeah. To be clear, we are not around a campfire right no, now. <laughs> no. But it's a nice, uh, you know, wood grain table. So we'll yeah. take that. Yeah. Celebrate the wins. Yeah. <laughs> so for those people who do not know who you are, give us a very brief rundown of Russ Miller. I'm just a guy that loves to go fly fishing. Uh, that's the really brief rundown. Yeah. To expand upon that, uh, <laughs> I currently work for Uncle Feather Merchants. Uh, I've been there for the last number of years as our director of marketing and love getting to do that and share stories about what the company does, what some of our signature tires and team members do. and it's a great community. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the, my favorite part about fly fishing is why I'll probably never leave it is the people you meet, yeah. um, the places you go, the people you meet at those places you go and like, you're a band of brothers, best friends, and it happens like that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We're the same way. 100%. And that's why we get to be in person because I'm Claw Feather Merchants is right down the street from us. We are. We're yeah. neighbors. We are, yeah. Neighboring <laughs> towns, yes. uh, neighboring great brands uh, that share a lot of the same kind of love for the outdoors. Yeah, yep. right? All That's the true. things. And you have some background in competition fly fishing as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been on the U.S. team for 12 years, yeah. uh, which is something. Um, yeah, it's been a, that, that was an awesome ride for me to, to do that. It's still kind of a ride. COVID was, was weird with the team stuff. Um, sure. Weird. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, very, I always like to think of myself as someone that really loves the idea of being a complete angler. Like yes. you can be good at a lot of things. And the more time I've spent in the industry and in meeting more interesting people, the, the more you realize you really have no idea what you're talking about. And so like to go down some wormholes of this, kind of angling and that kind of angling you quickly meet other people and like realize you are you get instantly humbled and that's what i love and or it upsets the way you thought about something for so long like someone shares a story or like a shows you a technique you're like whoa that i would have never done that like, right yeah. this this works holy cow yeah. um and competition fishing really like did that in a big way for me it was like uh it was a big light bulb like uh I got started, I was working at Front Range Anglers after college at CU Boulder yep. and Rob Kalanda, I was like the shop kid that, you know, like all college kids and uh, especially in Boulder, like 
I might be the best angler this town has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, sure. I am here. Uh, make way. Yeah, thank you for coming in. I will bless you with some knowledge that I've uh, obtained. And Rob Kalanda, who still works there, was like, you know what, dude? You should come to one of these fishing competitions. And I went with him, and I got absolutely murdered. It was... And that's what, like, you As know... As you should have at 22 oh, years old. dude. Uh... <laughs> It was fun. I learned a ton. I fished with Mike Sexton for a, a session, and that was the most chill dude who was just destroying fish. He literally had, we were fishing a lake session, he had his feet up on the gunnel of the boat and was just like one after another fish. And he's like leaning over, talking to me, talking to the guy in the middle. And like, oh my God. and I'm sitting there just like my head exploding. <laughs> I was like, how could I not be catching fish? He's got like another nine in the boat. I've caught none. Like, <laughs> this sounds like someone I know. And he's, his feet are <laughs> up, dude. I'm like practically like having a cocktail hour. Like it was the most relaxed I've ever seen anyone fish oh my God. and just destroying fish. And I was like, anyway. Uh, Some but, of the best anglers I've ever ever seen are the calmest people i know totally yeah they just approach the water and they're like we're just here to like see what's here we also subscribe to the like more is more in terms of learning techniques and soaking everything in and we had a little you haven't listened to was it an iceland episode we got off on a euro nymphing tangent oh gosh we did yeah no that was chile Chile episode. Well, if you haven't listened to it, go back and take a listen. (laughs) But for me, like I've never done a competition scene, but I love that style of fishing. And it's something that I've done quite a bit in the past, whatever, five to 10 years. Um, And I think it's funny. I think there's a lot of misconception about that of like the people who do that, that's all they do. And it's not, that's not the case. You can be really it good can at be the case, it but it is not the, the rule. It's, okay, it's not necessarily <laughs> the case. But anyway, I think that you, when you learn something new, it just expands your knowledge of how you can grow that in other areas, apply it to other, you know, pieces of your fly fishing knowledge bank, and uh, and that goes with even just how other people approach the water. I mean, the calmness is another thing. Oh, dude, I think like the one, the one thing that I love about comp fishing is to me, it is the most zen you have to be Yeah. because they give you an assigned piece of water. And oftentimes you can't go, you will travel across the globe (laughs) and you're like, cool, dude, I'm in a country that like, oh, this is like, these rivers are gorgeous. Like, like, and they give you a piece of water that 10 days out of 10, you would walk past. Cause you're like, well, that's trash. I'm going to walk <laughs> around the bend. Look at how beautiful that Somebody is. Somebody else is there. But you have to fish that. Like yeah. that's your assigned beat. And so you have to become at one with this little piece of water and be like, dude, I'm going to have the most fun I can have in three hours on this little like trashy piece of river. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, you can't do what you want to do. You have to do what it's telling you it wants to be done. And like, yeah uh anyway it's i think that part of it like the learning side of it again like the band of brothers like our the amount of competitive anglers that i know in different countries and like just anglers in general like yeah. it's it's insane and they you know they wish you a happy birthday on you know on your yeah. birthday and it's it's super cool to me yeah um, that's awesome. it's a community the fly fishing community is across the globe and we have the same thing mostly from traveling obviously we're not competition anglers but traveling we get to know these guides we get to know the people who run the lodges and they become friends for life yeah and like when you're traveling it's no different like you at the end of the day you just want to be successful right Right. like like 
well, why don't you teach me something about fishing your home waters that's going to make me a little bit better? Like, yeah, usually I, I, you're doing something like this. You're sitting around with a cocktail, and you're like, now you tell me. Oh, oh, and or the, for if, if it's me on the water, I'm just like, well, why don't you just tell me the whole time? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, when you're here, like, do you normally see fish in this kind of stuff? Or are you like... Oh, my God. We are cut from the same the cloth. Same like, that I grill those eggs. motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guides initially are like, man, this guy needs to sell down because I'm like, so are these sedentary fish? Do they go around? Do they migrate? Are these fish moving? Do you normally see them this type of water? Where do these move at different times? They're like, okay, dude, you need Too to Too many questions. Down. Calm down. But yeah. the good thing is by like day three, you're like, well, I kind of have a little understanding of your little micro world here. Yes. And now I'm playing within the rules you kind yes. of defined. Yes. Are we not having a little bit more fun? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody does like the Corinne Garrison dynamic because Garrison asks a million questions and then I just listen to everything. Yeah. And so I'm not the one asking the questions. But you're absorbing all. Yeah, but I'm soaking. like, okay, got it, got it, check, uh -huh. check. And then I'm like, got a fish, got a fish, got a yeah. fish. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Russ Miller, well-rounded angler, competition background. We got that sorted out. I'm just ready for Russ to tell me a story. That's yeah. It. All right. Uh, one of my favorite stories, um, I was with a buddy, Mark Schamberg. Uh, you guys might know Mark. Uh, if you don't know Mark, he is uh, he does confluence rods. Uh, he's a bamboo rod maker. He makes the most beautiful uh, handmade reels. I just picked up my first little trout reel he made, and it's mm. an S handle. It sits on my desk, and it's I need to put line on it and fish it. Um, I'm like trying to find the perfect rod to put yeah. the reel on. Perfect. Nice things are going to be nice, but also they're fun to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, the, uh, this will be used and abused, but there at the go. moment it is a display piece. <laughs> yes. um, so I was I was with Mark. Uh, I was living in Seattle at the time, uh, working for Sage, and uh, I had bought, I'd sold my raft when I left Colorado. I had bought a drift boat out there. Uh, we had to downsize a little bit. I bought a, a two-man little 12-foot drift boat. We, we nicknamed the bathtub. And we decided... That's right. <laughs> that sounds so cute. Mark's not like uh, the same build as me. Uh, he's a little bit bigger guy. And he was in the front of the bathtub. And we floated the Skagit this day. And it was his birthday. And I was like, dude, let's go float the Skagit. It's going to be sick. It's, that's my favorite river in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I spent a ton of time there. It, it has it, it holds a piece of my soul for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we got in. We floated down. Uh, we had another two boats that were part of the Wild Steelhead Coalition buddies from from the from from that organization, and we all launched. Mark and I got ahead of them. We swung. I don't know. We swung a bunch of runs. Smoked a bunch of cigars, and we get to this one run, and we get out. Mark's like, "All right, you know." Boat ramp's coming up. Like, we should let's dig our heels in here. I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, where do you want to go? He's like, I, dude, I was like, it's your birthday. He was like, I want this piece of water. I was like, cool. And I'm still very young in my steelheading. Uh, and and I was like, well, that looks, I'm, I was like, that looks trouty as hell to me up there. I'm going to go up there. He's like, well, these aren't trout. And I was like, yeah, dude, whatever. You, yeah. You're going to do you. I'm going to come in behind you. And so I walk way up in the head of this thing and like, Wasty, super pushy, fast water. Throw out some casts, and you can just see this little diamond bucket. Like, you know what I mean? You can everything's ripping, and you can just see this like slow down. It looks like yeah. it's an extra like four feet deep, and gets like, you nice and excited. Oh, dude, I'm like throwing casts, and I was like, my spade casting is looking somewhat decent today. <laughs> like, this is fabulous. I'm 
making these casts out there. And as soon as I hit the bucket, our buddies pop around the corner from the wild steelhead collation. Like steelhead starts dancing. It's a little Jack steelhead. You know, the thing's 30 inches, maybe now it's 25, 27. So I, I land this fish. They all get a picture of it. They're like, oh, wild steelhead in January. This is incredible. Like, you know, we kind of celebrate these fish. We, we take a quick picture of it, um, let it go. And Mark's like, shit, I barely got into the run. I was like, well, you get back at it, buddy. I'm, yeah. I'm going to head back up to my little spot. <laughs> yeah. I'm the best ever. And yeah. Yeah. Well, at this point, my ego had been way checked. I realized I'm <laughs> some dumbass. <laughs> uh and so anyway i head back up to my little spot and i'm watching mark lay, lay out these gorgeous spade casts with his bamboo rod and like just you know quiet day cigar smokes just gently kind of rising up the 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 other boat went on they were like we're gonna get off the water you know i was like oh we're you know mark's gonna finish this run yeah and so i go back up and uh and i'm like three casts in at this point hook another fish and the steelhead just like like Boom, like big leaps Beautiful. and i was like i was like hmm, nothing lost nothing gained i reel back in a little bit like <laughs> make another three casts like and like the, this thing rips me out the big hen this time and this time she's mid-30s uh, i land her in the same spot and mark's like the fuck yeah like, yeah so your was... trouty spot isn't that bad, I guess. <laughs> Not that bad at the moment. There seemed to be some fish in it. Uh, so Mark, Mark's like, well, I still, I'm still halfway through what is the better piece of water. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, so he's like, I'm going to finish up. I was like, well, I'm going to go back up. Dude. Yeah. And I was like, and, and after I released the fish, I was like, I was like, oh, dude, I hooked another one. He was like, for real? I was like, yeah, for real, man. Like, this is my third fish. Yeah. Actually. And so, so I walk back up. <laughs> And uh, throw out, like, this time it's, like, 10 casts, you know, a lot of casts by comparison. Hook another fish, land it, and it's the, it's a, it's a really, it's an upper, upper 30s hen. Uh, just a total egg wagon. Oh, Absolutely destroyed me, like, dumping reel off the line. I've never had a fish, at this point, dump, a freshwater fish dump line off a reel like that. It was incredible. Land the fish. I still have the photo. It looks like it's nighttime at this point, practically. Yeah. Um, Dusk is a generous term. At this point, Mark's like, all right, pal, <laughs> walk me up to your spot. Show me the trouty spot. Uh-huh. So I walk him up, dude. He makes like five, ten casts through. He was like, what fly were you fishing? And I was like, dude, my flies look like shit. Uh, I was like, I would fish with this one. He was like, give it to me. Clip that off. Yeah. So he ties up. I think it's the only time he's ever asked for a fly of mine, because um, his flies are absolutely stunning. Uh, I throw he throws on this fly, makes another five cast, lands an epic buck on his oh, birthday. Here we and, go. And and he was like he was like he's like dude I don't know what this is. He's like this spot ridiculous. I was like I know dude fucking a yeah. And he I was like well I'm gonna go just up. There's one more looking spot just up from here. And this is like the head of a run. It is ripping. And there's one little soft spot in there. I go I swing one more. Um, and he was like dude, fuck off. Yeah. I have easily my best day of steelhead fishing. We get back in the boat. At this point, it's dark. And this is the first time we've done the float in the SS bathtub. Uh-huh. Ah, and this is where the SS bathtub comes in and comes back to haunt us. Because <laughs> oh, now we're floating out in the dark, and I don't know what I'm coming in. I'm, we have no, we're not prepared for this. There's no headlamps. There's no real knowledge of where the boat ramp is at this point. 
And so more Mark's, critical than headlamps. Yeah, Mark's standing up front. And I was like, dude, I don't think you should stand. <laughs> like, oh, no. sit, sit back down. The bathtub <laughs> feels a little bit more like a canoe. So we're rolling down. And like, Mark's like, I think you should move to the left. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll go, go to the left. And like slowly move out of the giant wave train. It's like oh, throwing water over the edges. And Mark's like, power lines. He's like, dude, I remember that from the takeout. And he was like, get to the right now. So like row over the right we get off the water we meet our buddies for beers at the bird's view and like two other boats i was like how'd you guys do oh we didn't we didn't touch anything except that fish we saw you land i was like i'm not gonna believe this <laughs> yeah <laughs> we told the story dude and it's like uh when we get together with some of those guys they still talk about this this day that mark and i had on the Skagit, which was just so ridiculous yeah. oh my this God. was russ's day that he allowed mark to participate <laughs> It was total dumb luck. I refished the water that he goes, he went into all the time. So I was like, yeah, this is the, this is the A plus water. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing up there. Yeah. But you never there. know. You never know. Yeah. Would you characterize the SS bathtub as a high side? Oh, it was an old Koffler bill, a custom bill that someone oh, built. And so I, I bought it off some dude in Seattle. Yeah. Unbelievable high sides with the narrowest waist you've ever seen. Interesting. So it was tippy yeah, like can, a canoe. Canoe. <laughs> Vibes. I don't know if I love that. Oh, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> I remember the first time I floated my wife down in it. Like she got in, we were floating the sky, and we came across this really hard seam, and like it nearly threw her out of the boat because it rides so low when oh, you hit something sure. like that. And I was like, yeah, "This is a terrible purchase." <laughs> I owned that boat for two years. That was a great conversation starter, though. You put in that boat in, people were like. What is this Sir? thing? <laughs> Sometimes they thought it was interesting and other people were just like, holy shit, don't die. <laughs> We've seen people put in canoes on like water that we're rafting and yeah. we're like, this is not a good idea. No, this is we Think about this, what you're doing. We yeah. saw this one guy, it, the vibe was that the child in the boat was not his, but the woman in the boat was like his girlfriend and like it was it was like let's go for a canoe that was, was the like, vibe Ooh, this is not a good and then place. there's like a six-year-old child in this oh, canoe good. luckily we're wearing a pfd Doesn't thank matter. god but we're looking at this scene and we're like you've got 10 hours ahead of you and this is not gonna go well no i took my wife down the green a b and c in a canoe Ooh. we only made it through b <laughs> <laughs> Gonna <laughs> have to redo this shuttle. And then, and then we took a short hiatus in yes. our uh, relationship for a number of months. Oh, no. uh, luckily, that healed itself. But yeah, canoes Perfect. on rivers are like. Yeah, I don't even like a canoe on a lake. No, they're honest. a little tippy. Not my best. No. Yeah, oh, yeah they were they, the divorce makers. I've heard them nicknamed. Oh and my god! I can understand. Fishing stories is brought to you by Lock and Co Whiskey. Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand-cut, charred Colorado Aspen Wood Discs, this whiskey is as unique as any trout stream. It has now won gold three times in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. You'll want to grab a bottle for your bar at home or to take on your next adventure. Check it out at your local liquor store or at lockandcodedistilling.com. Lock is spelled with an E. So on the well-rounded angler you also have done quite a bit of saltwater fishing. And since we just got back from a saltwater fish fishing trip, I know you have a couple of saltwater stories. Yeah, I, oh man, if I had more money and yeah, <laughs> sure. time, I, I mean, think, yeah, I, I think I'd list. live there. <laughs> Dude, it's, uh, that's an addicting 
it's a, I don't know. Uh, so Tarpon, uh, Tarpon are probably like my, my version of steelhead that I know so much less about than, than yeah. those fish. And uh, yeah, man, I think Tarpon are about, I think they're the similarities in my head when I think about Tarpon and steelhead are, they're so similar. Like you get to a spot when you're with a guide, right? Uh -huh. We're going to work this spot and dude, it's a, it's the same thing. You're looking for, for traveling fish. They're going to be passing yeah, They might the be spot. there. They might not. Yeah. Correct, right? You don't know. And they're going to come through really, this channel I, and pop over the spot. You're like, really? This one? And then they come right where they say. You're like, yeah, right there. Got okay, it. Right. Amazing. <laughs> but they're also kind of both largely kind of bitey, dumb fish. Like, they're not. And they bite and very can tiny. Be really fucking weird and not eat anything at yeah, other times. Totally. And, and, and so I, I think the similarities are so similar between the two fish. But they couldn't be more different worlds. And yeah, like I don't know, man. Tarpon stuff. I think uh, I think one of my favorite stories. I was with I was with Jonathan Stump, the Wild Steelhead mm. Coalition. And again, my some of these stories are around bigger men than me. Yeah, Jonathan is a big. <laughs> he's big not guy. a tiny. What human. would you say, like six five? Yeah, he's yeah. big. He's yeah. a big dude. Like yeah. we got in the boat with Camp Walker, and Camp's like. He's like, easy. Like, <laughs> that was his first words to Jonathan upon entering the skiff. These are familiar names. Russ Miller and Jonathan Stump were both mentioned in our Josh Mills episode. Oh, that's funny. Correct. Yeah, well, Just previous to this. This is all building on yeah. uh, the legacy. Yeah, we hope Jonathan's these... not a loud gaster on the skiff. <laughs> uh, he definitely wasn't the light caster. Quiet caster, maybe. Um... So we were, we were out. We went out uh, after IFTD one year. So you find yourselves in Florida. Yep. We're down in the Keys. We're fishing out of Isla Morada. Mm -hmm. And um, we got we got a white white convertible. We have fly rods sticking out of the back. We pull Classy. up to the top. Oh, dude. We're two, we're two gentlemen at yeah. this point. <laughs> Glorious. Um, we pull up to the dock in the morning, get out, load in. And, you know, it's dark. We go out and and Cam's like, dude, there's been a baby tarpon spot. I think we should go to. And I mean, there are baby tarpon pops everywhere. Jonathan's quiet casting was maybe a little loud for the baby tarpon. Um, <laughs> amazing sunrise that afternoon. We get uh, we get going, and now we're hunting tarpon on the front side and so larger migratory fish on the ocean side. Yep, super clear water. Yep. I mean, it's all. It's We've all, been there. It hasn't yeah. treated us particularly well, but we have fished this. Oh, I think that's like area. a you got to put in your days again. Yeah. Same as steelhead fishing. Like yeah. conditions can be perfect, and you're just like, no, there are no fish. Yeah, couldn't couldn't be more disappointed. Than right. That. <laughs> I mean, conditions were not perfect, and fish were everywhere. Oh, that's a scenario I have not seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that sounds fun. Kind of a heartbreak. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet that would be a hard one to take go home to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're. We're on the front side now and we're fishing, you know, camp's like, dude, let's come down here. I got the spot and we get down and, uh, he was like, dude, there's one laid up underneath this fucking dock. And it was, a, it wasn't a giant migratory fish, but it wasn't a dink either. And we want to show it a fly. Yeah, dude. I lay, I lay what I had was my best cast and like this little underhand sidearm thing that just like put the fly right underneath the dock. I was Beautiful. like, I was like magic baby. Like <laughs> one strip, two strip mm, tight. And this thing like whoop, right on the other side of the dock, like jumps. I was like, hell yeah. Like jump so high. I could see it like above the dock. I was Perfect. like, I'm fucking off tarpon. Cam looks over at me. He's like, well, do you want to land it? And I was like, 
duh. Yeah, let's like, try it. What are we here for? Yeah. So he's like, fucking get out, go follow it. <laughs> <laughs> so like I get I get all tight, I get ready, take my phone out and jump yeah. in, swim after it, swim Un- underneath the dock. It jumps again. I try to bow to it and break my rod. I was like, yeah, well, I'm a little shorter, I'm still kicking over. And uh and Jonathan and Camper in the boat just laughing. And I was like, what the fuck is the buddy back there? They're like, you're not afraid of any sharks? I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You guys see a shark? Like I start losing my mind. And he was like, dude, I got the pole. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll come closer. And like, I can beat him off. Like I wouldn't be worried. I was like, are you kidding you're with like, me right I now? I am the definition of worried at this point. I was like, are you kidding with me right now? Are you serious? And like, they're both laughing hysterically. And I was like, guys, this isn't even funny. Jonathan has the video of me. You can hear like the high pitched squeal in my voice of panic. <laughs> so I like kick in as hard as I can to like the shore area, like yeah. land the fish. There's a photo of me holding it. Like it's my only wet waiting, you know, grip and grin of a, of a tarpon. And a uh, camp comes over. He was like, dude, there was no shark. We just wanted to see you squirm. They're like, I didn't think you'd be this bad. <laughs> I was like, dude. I'm like, like that's like that's for real. You're talking to a landlocked human yeah. that's swimming in the salt water, yeah. attached to something that's stronger than me. Yeah, I don't know people, shit about shit. Most people do not handle the "Are you afraid of sharks?" question lightly when in the salty water. Right? right. Like to me, that says like, "There's one over here." Yeah. Right. How comfortable are you? It may not be threatening, but like there is one in our what's, presence. What's your general thought? Yeah. I mean, we heard one of our guides one time that was a saltwater guide and he was like yeah i had a client one once asked like are there sharks around here and he goes is there salt in this water <laughs> dude <laughs> they're always around they're around the one-liners yeah. that these guys oh, have no. they are queued up oh they, yeah and they just wait the, for you to ask for it exactly yeah. is that the first time you've been asked that question no god no the what only they do do deer turn into elk oh exactly. sure yeah <laughs> The only decent day we had on the ocean side there was actually we're seeing some fish. It was like breezy, but not windy. It wasn't mm. a dead calm, but we were just, I don't know. They didn't want to eat like every cast that seemed like it was like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. Like here Perfect. it comes. Here's the fish. Like Plenty lay it out. We prepare. saw them do to do. And it was just like, no love. And then I'm sitting on the bow and the single just like surprises everybody about to t-bone the boat it's fucking right there just slap a cast it's like oh sure i'll eat that just like what yeah. like that's but still it could be like that too love, you know love, where dumb, you like lay fish. out like yeah. the beautiful cast after cast and then one will eat just like I, right yeah i think that's the biggest difference between steelhead and and tarpon is like the presentation really like yes. it, but it, they're they're both have very unique presentations in my head Tarpon, right? Can you put it at the right angle to the fish, right? right to Can't get pinch them. Got to pay attention. Totally. Yes. So, like, can you can you make the cast physically, right. right? If you make it, your chances of getting an eat within that angle, right? Your odds go up or down, right? right. And and steelhead, you don't ever get to see that, but it's right. the exact same thing. Like, you make you're gonna swing a run, and you're gonna spend forty five minutes moving through this thing. You make one cast that lands where that fly is going to race downstream for a second and then come broadside. That's the one. That's it, dude. It's like blowing up a whole string of fish, and you're just yeah. like, but you never saw that you blew up. Like when, yeah. when you do that, you don't carbon, get you're just like, you're like, Ugh, yeah. and you hand the rod to your buddy. You're like, dude, I'm fucking out. I'm yeah. firing myself. What, what, with steelhead fish, you're like, ah, 
yeah. keep going. Yeah. I'm going to straighten this again. <laughs> yeah, that is a huge difference. And with tarpon, like the fact that, I mean, we fish for tarpon, but we are by no means experts with tarpon. But the guides who are really good and who've done it so much, being able to sort of read the fish and be mm. like, okay, now long strips. Oh. Okay, ticks, 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 ticks. Speed it up. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. slow it down. Long surf, like that type of shit. It's the coolest and cat and playing ever. with the fish when it's engaged with your fly. Coolest that's game on the planet, cool. dude. Yeah, I love coolest that. game on the planet. Love and then that. they finally eat it. Right. Yeah. And then it's explodes. it's surprising for everyone. I think. Oh, it's a shock. Yeah, it's the totally shocking. I, I mean, put only, paddles on my chest. Yeah, yeah, the only big one I've ever tangoed with it was the second fish in the string, and I cast to the front fish and I was like oh no didn't want it and like I'm not a tarpon angler and so to hear the like now show it to the second fish I'm like oh I didn't mess up everything yet okay I'm gonna show it to the second fish and that second fish was like I love it oh there's like Boom. another like 70 behind him and you're just like don't just look at the first one that swam past them like well do they don't like it, it I guess. do you want it uh-huh. yeah they're they're uh, yeah the saltwater addiction man we're a little landlocked here we are. We have an yeah. international airport, which is super cool. It's but uh, super much. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I I wish. Uh, I've got I've got two leads on on a trip for for this year for tarpon, and I'm I'm kind of kind of kind of chomping at it. As a fly tire, and we should mention that Russ here is a well known and expert fly tire. I have basics to be clear <laughs> to the audience <laughs> that are very good. But that's a that's one thing about the steelhead. Don't get me wrong. I'd probably if I was given the choice between a tarpon trip and a steelhead trip, I guess it would depend. But I'd be tempted on tarpon. But one thing that like really differentiates the steelhead thing is the culture, and we touched on this with Josh Mills a little bit. But like the culture and traditions of the flies and Mm. the aesthetic, and kind of catching the fish on what you want to catch the fish on and kind of playing that game a little bit. Whereas tarpon, there's not as much of that, right? It's like. There's the known patterns. You change yeah. colors, front side, back side, yeah. light conditions. Yeah. I mean, there's every guy's got their quote, subtleties. Quote, dirtier yeah. flies yeah, exactly. or something and less traditional flies, whatever, but it doesn't have the sort of depth and breadth of aesthetic and tradition that goes into the tying. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about steelhead fishing is like the flies, man. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't know, when I sit down at my desk, and Josh, man, you're going to listen to this, I hope. Uh, I have to give you a ton of credit. I knocked off a bunch of your flies, bro. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I text Imitation him. is flattery, I texted him, I was that. like, another Mills variation <laughs> off my desk. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, but like, uh, I think the, I don't know, for a long time, man, I had this old book from the, from the 50s. That had you know it was like a, uh, flies of the north, flies of the Pacific Northwest or something like that, uh-huh. and it had all the old classics. I was like, cool, like I want the modern version of that. And you'd, I'd like sit down and do the modern version of like whatever the fly was that you read about from so and so that developed this in the in the late forties on such and such river, and you're like, cool, I'm gonna go fish there. Like, right? The, the flies don't matter there at all. I'm I'm convinced it's not about the fly. Uh, it's about the fly in your head. Yeah, but it's not about anything more than that. But like to do, I don't know, to pay the the homage, the traditional. Like, I think that's one. When I moved up to Seattle, that was one of my favorite things was to like try to sit there and like absorb so much of the history of the sport because it's so it's at the surface still. Like 
Right. You could talk to you could talk to someone that was part of the revolution that like made two handed casting a thing. Right. And you're just like, is this this wasn't a thing before you? And right. Like they were like, oh my god, no. Like yeah. I don't even know how it caught on. We were casting like 14 foot nine weights. It was awful. Yeah. Um, it is a far cry from the comfort and enjoyment we have today with like these compact setups and like. Right. Uh, to me, that was like the coolest thing. And it's like, oh, you should meet so-and-so. Like I got to meet another Russ Miller, yeah. um, <laughs> which like he's in Trey Combs, a steelhead book, which I, I absolutely love reading through that book. If, uh, any, anyone who's fish steel has probably read it. If you guys haven't read it, you should, I'll lend you my copy. It's a fabulous publication, but like, uh, I met this dude, Russ Miller out on the, on the, uh, on the sock river. I was fishing the sock and I pull up and this dude was like, we were chatting in the parking lot, and I was like, ah, is someone in the run? He's like, oh, yeah, Russ Miller's in there. I was like, I'm Russ Miller. <laughs> and like, he was hold like, hold on, I got to meet this guy. And so I walk out, we have a conversation, and he was kind of known for being a curmudgeon asshole, and he was like, well, I hope you keep up the tradition. It was the end of our conversation. I was like, dude, that, that's just not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, my, not the but vibe that was like, I've yeah. But, like, uh, you know, he was one of the pioneers yeah. of the whole Puget Sound stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway. To me, that was the coolest thing, and, and the fly side of it, and like yeah. getting to spin up your own variation of an old pattern from the fifties. And yeah. I like to think of myself as the person who knows the most about fly tying who does not tie mm. flies. Okay, hold that's on. a great position you to be. You tie at I, least like six flies a year. Three to five, I would say. Decent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the amount I know about tying flies. Uh, yeah, well, that, it's like you lot. said earlier. I keep the ears open. Yeah, I don't have to ask all the it. questions. Exactly. A year quality control on usually it's like true. three to six flies a night in this house. So, <laughs> so do you run a lot of stuff by Corinne oh, yeah. to make sure it has legs? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She's on the couch. I'll be like, hey, I'll be like, that collar's messy. Let's what get that back. I understand that hook critique she was doing earlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so. it's always. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, great. Well, I think. We should tell the people where they can find you if they want to find you. Russ is at Umqua. Buy some Umqua things. Yeah. What else do we want to say? Um, yeah, man. Any Engage social in... media handles? No, dude. I, no. Don't, I, I deleted Instagram in January. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Facebook. Dis... Someone, someone hacked my account. I haven't had Facebook since about then either. <laughs> okay. And so I'm so upset about that don't one. Don't pay attention. Because I lost Facebook. all my like advertising history with that. Uh, I'm pissed about it. Yeah. That's upset. Do oh. not follow Russ Miller on Facebook. It's been um, hacked. I'm, I'm Miller right RP here. on Instagram. No one cares. It's pictures <laughs> of stuff and kids and some cool. occasional Sounds fishing like rambling. It's yeah. it's fabulous. Uh, I posted I posted about flies for Tanner. It was my last oh, post. Okay, that's well, that's good. Solid. So I, I still do have it. Um, uh, you guys should you know Tanner's Tanner's dealt a rough hand. Blah blah blah. You guys have hopefully heard about that. If yes. you haven't. Uh, uh, flies for Tanner. Hopefully, he'll still have some legs going on, or just reach out to him and send a text or a Instagram message. And yeah, say, Tanner Smith, who used, of, yeah. yeah used to work for Rep Your Water, works for trout fly fishing. Um, he's got this community behind him for sure. Yeah, yeah man, and I, I think yeah, the biggest takeaway: if you're the hotshot kid in a fly shop listening. Check yourself, bro. <laughs> there's uh, a lot to learn out there. There's One a lot day to learn. you can be Russ Miller. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and continually check yourself and recognize that you really absolutely know nothing. That's why we love this. This is right? the best humility. Because there's 
always so yeah. much to I learn. Love it, dude. Yeah. And like you'll meet someone, you're like, dude, I thought I was pretty good at fishing dark flies. Yeah. And then you'll meet someone, you're like, I met this random this Spaniard, is a competitive angler. I think he's the best dry fly fisherman I've ever seen. He might not, he probably would say there's someone else, but like he has the craziest leader I've ever seen. Yeah. And he destroys fish on dries. Like, if you want to talk about like the Euro nymphing of dry flies. It is the most unapproachable method of dry fly fishing. <laughs> really We're going to talk about this later. <laughs> We're going to have to break this down. But yes. anyway, yeah, uh, stay humble, stay hungry, and yes. enjoy, enjoy your time on the water. Awesome. Just get out there. Well, well thank Russ, you, Russ. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks, guys.